Welcome. You're listening to the Well Engaged podcast, an unscripted conversation between myself, Gareth Shackleton, and osteopath Paul Tootleman about health, well-being, engagement in life and business. We go off-piste, we go here, there, and everywhere. So strap up, buckle in, and get ready for a wide-ranging discussion about all things about life. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Well Engaged on Lionheart Radio with Paul and Gareth talking about health and well-being and engagement in life and business and being at home and all those other things that are going on at the moment or not going on as the case may be. How are you doing, Paul? Good. Very good. Very good. It's uh, it's, blessed with the weather. I mean, it's just amazing, isn't it? It's like, if you're not making the most of it now, like, wow, don't miss it. Um, Yeah, we're good. Um, Everybody's healthy, everybody's happy, everybody's sleeping well, everybody's outdoors in the sunshine. Yeah. And um, it's been really encouraging. I've had a lot of patients, I've been working and um, getting good results with them. Lockdown has really changed the whole structure of a session. <laughs> it's like you have to let people speak. You have to let people get this stuff off their chest, um, which is lovely to just listen to everybody's stories about lockdown, how it's affected them. And it's, uh, yeah, so because I'm back in the sort of saddle with it, you know, it's easy for me to engage. You know, I'm more engaged in what I'm doing with my work. And I think I was thinking about, be shame when it all goes back to normal. It's like, no, I'm not going to go back to normal. Like, I, I could live with lockdown habits. Lockdown habits work well for me. I'm not going to make the Ferrari, but um, I, I, I enjoy this. <laughs> Time at home with the family. Definitely, yeah. yeah. A bit of work in and around it, but not too much. And, uh... Completely, yeah. It's like such a joy. And because like, the whole like thing about time, you, you know, the, that period of time, it should have a special name, you know, between Christmas and New Year, where you forget what day it is. Mm. With two months of that, <laughs> and it's like time has become this very different thing. Like, you know, it feels, the more that I've you know, done with cooking breakfast and we're getting the kids in the bath ready to go to bed, and it's like, wow. So I can sit down and spend time with patients and, um, it doesn't feel like I'm spending a huge amount of time with them, but it's, it's amazing how an hour will just, mm-hmm. just you know, just shoot past. And um, so, yeah, I, you know, I'll probably keep that habit. <laughs> I think, you know, um, I suppose not everybody will be so stressed after the lockdown, but it's just giving people that extra time to just, you know, be heard and, and, yeah. and, be, and be acknowledged as well. Acting, isn't it, to what people need? I think that's that's the key to to what I've been doing. It um, kind of everything that you normally do goes to one side a little bit, and you've just got to give people what they need right now. Which is, you know, in my world, that's well, how do you how does your business need to adapt? Whereas I would normally be talking to them about um, how can we put systems and structures in place so that you don't have to be doing everything within your business. Right now, you know, that may not be relevant. It's more about, okay, so how do we adapt your business? What new products or services do we need? What new ways of delivering what you do 
do we need to be thinking about? How do we make sure your employees are safe, your customers, if you, when you eventually have them, how are we going to make sure they're going to be safe? So it's a very different set of problems and challenges that we're dealing with right now with businesses. But um, so yeah, it's adapting, it's just changing what I deliver to be more in line with what the customer needs, what the client needs. And I guess that's the same for all of us, isn't it? So here's the thing then, right? If you think about all the regulations, all the guidelines, uh, all the legal you know, legislation that's being passed through about social distancing and you know, contacts and you know, protective clothing and all this sort of stuff, if you've got clients or customers who are involved in that world where they, you're going to have to really just stick with what the government are doing and what all the experts are saying because it's just safer that way how restrictive that is to their, their, their productivity and their output and their joy of doing what they're doing. You know, it's, it, it's like it's strangling. It's like the safety measures are strangling yeah. the, the businesses and, and the people that are tying their hands behind their back, uh, you know, punching with the eye and stamping them with their foot and saying, right, get back to it. <laughs> and it's like, well, hang on a minute. You know, I can't even walk through this, corridor without having right. to yeah. spray think about some of the hospitality businesses around here that rely upon the tourism trade and um, if they can open in July which and there's still some doubt about that um, even if they can open in July will they be able to open in a way that's profitable because of the restricted numbers that they can have sat in a restaurant or in the bar or using their hotel facilities or or their gym facility, you know, spa facilities, whatever it is that, that they're offering to, to tourists. Um, so that might make a lot of these businesses non-viable for the, for the short term, you know, because they just can't get enough volume of, of customers through. And if that's the case, you know, the summer for a lot of these, for, for a lot of tourism businesses, is the time that they make money. And then they use that money to see themselves through the winter when when there is less trade. So if they can't make some profit during this summer, then what happens in the winter and, and there's some real difficult times coming for those for that sector if the government doesn't continue their support for well un until next spring really. Yeah. Well for those kinds of businesses, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, why would the government not support them? Well, you know, you would say that, but, um, and I hope they do. I, I, I seriously and sincerely hope that they do continue to support those businesses because tourism is such an important industry for our whole economy, not just in the Northeast, but throughout the whole country. Um, but they can't just keep on writing blank checks, neither, can they? It's costing billions and billions to... to <laughs> Yeah, well, they can write themselves blank checks, can't they? When they need a few extra votes or they need the DUP or whatever it is that uh -huh. they haven't got a magic money tree for. <laughs> no, we can't end poverty, but, you know, we can protect our own assets. Yeah. Which is just, you know, it, it, it just opens up that whole wound of how incompetent and how corrupt our political system is that allows these things to go on. That, you know, yeah. I've been... Because I've been relaxing, I've been sleeping well, and I, I 
revitalised. And so yeah. picking back up on things, you know, I just, just, I can't get over how the countries who don't have lockdown, right, including South Korea, Taiwan, and even China, China only initiated the lockdown well after their infection rate had peaked, right? So, uh, yes, people died, but not anywhere. In the death per capita is nowhere near the UK and the US. Assuming in China and some of these other countries, they are recording and reporting uh, their mortality rates as uh, you might say, as we are. Yeah. Well, there's always going to be that element of debate over the, the credibility of everything, isn't there? Um, but how are the countries who didn't have it? Japan, right? No lockdown. The lowest deaths per capita. So there was just, was, you know, perhaps they weren't looking for it properly, as you, you point yeah. out. Um, but they're, you know, their death rates have been really, really low, right? I mean, it's way, you know, nothing above average. Yeah. Which I think ours is a bit now. And, um, but their economies have just stayed open. Everybody's just kept doing it. There's no social distancing, nothing. It just kind of all went through under the radar and there was yeah. no effects on it. And, and how we can look at that now and we can understand that and know that. And with everything we do know about virology and immunology, like you know, the effects of, of the economic lockdown will be tragic for some people. Yeah. Especially because people are going to be coming into really unfamiliar territory they've probably been penned in if especially if they've not been looking after their mental health if they've not been moving if they've not been taking advantage of the exercise they've not been making the sunshine they're not hydrated you know if they're not sleeping properly if they're just sort of letting themselves drift into their addictions which is easy to do when you're scared and confused like your vitality will have gone and now you won't be talking to yourself in a healthy or positive way and now you're going to be able to get your business back off the ground. Now you're going to be able to speak to customers. Now you're going to be able to engage with like, yeah. the way. It's going, to take, it's going to take ages for that to sort of feel normal again. And then you've right. got to take into consideration the person that you're talking to might not right. be of no sound as mental health as well. So it's like, well, you know, it's, yeah, I'm just, once again, you know, I've got so much to be grateful for with, being able to do the bit of work that I've been doing. And, you know, it's like, um, I see people scared. You know, you come within those two meters and they still sort of get scared and they sort of run out of it. And, you know, the nervous system's just on all the time. Yeah, no, that's right. And yet we understand all of this and, we know, and yet we still keep the lockdown in place. We still keep hurting people and weakening their immune systems. Yeah. So none of that has changed since like day one when we first started talking all about all, right. all of this. It's like, exactly. so, so why are we still doing it? And you know, I, 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 I right, so I'm gonna dip into the vaccine thing again because the only reason I can possibly understand why we would be kept in this sort of fear pandemic alert status and lockdown and all that is to make us so confused and so scared and so weak that we will demand medicine, we will demand a vaccine, and then it will become a first world, just normal thing, right? Mm -hmm. 
and then okay so this is what the first world's doing well let's go you know help everybody else in the poorer countries in africa and stuff like that and you know we might get another dodgy batch of vaccines in the first world so we'll just sell those to the third world like we did with every other dodgy batch of vaccines and it's just like they're pulling all the strings and they're making all the sh decisions and we're going to demand them and put them up on a pedestal and worship them like some fake idol And then you just get a beautiful day. You know, I, I was just stood there looking at all the trees around my garden blowing in the wind because it's really warm and it's really windy at the same time. It's really yeah. lovely just being outside and feeling that all on your skin. Thinking how lucky you are to look at it. And you can just, it's so easy to get absorbed into that really dark aspect of politics and money and power and law. Um, but ultimately, you know, we're no different from the trees. I was watching the wind batter these trees, you know, and it was just, doing its thing, you know, for right. that tree. It's seen that a million times before. Yeah. Just deals with it, you know, and that just reminded me to be yeah. the same. You know, all this crazy stuff can go on, all this dark stuff. Just let it happen, you know, and... Um, You've got to bend with it. Bend with it. A tree that doesn't bend in the wind breaks. That was a good right. saying a long time ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, well, there's no doubt that we are clamouring for a vaccine, that's for sure. Come back to that point. You can have mine. Yeah, no, no. I mean, not we as in you and me, but we as in <laughs> okay. general population. I mean, I, I think it's there's no doubt that that is a uh, um, a requirement of the general populace. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, so you know, when there's something fishy going on, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you just follow the money, right? Yeah. So who benefits? out of all of this well the pharmaceutical company is going to benefit from it right and the media just you know well they've never been so so they've never had it so good mm -hmm. you know and they're so rich and wealthy owners they don't even need to make a profit yeah they just do it for the fun of it you know but it just so happens that the, the demand and what they're doing is huge sure yeah might get a little bit noisier with children playing in a paddling pool okay uh, but uh, we just have to roll with them. Yeah, but you're so right. It's, it's, I mean, the weather at the moment, after we got rid of the uh, the high winds over the last few days, but uh, the weather last couple of days has been fantastic. We've just been out for a walk. We've been exploring the local area and, and found paths and tracks and places to go that we've, nev we've never known about. We've been living here for um, 15 years and we've just explored and found new places all over the place. And right. It's fantastic. And, yeah. yeah, the opportunity to have done that is a real benefit, a real plus point of, uh, of this lockdown that's happened. I, I'm completely against it. I wish it had never happened, but um, not, not in the way that it's happened anyway. So it should have been handled yeah. completely differently, in my opinion. Yeah. But um, the fact that it has, you know, you've just got to make the best of it, haven't you? And, and as you said, bend with the wind rather than trying yeah. to uh, what's the word? Try to resist it. Yeah, yeah. Try to sound like Boris Johnson now with my. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it uh, it sort of feels now like with, you know, when you get to the end of a really good book, yeah, you're getting towards the end of it, and it's so good, and you just don't want it to end. Yeah. Instead of like you know trying to make your ten pages a day or whatever, you're sort of eking out paragraph by paragraph and then putting it away and then right. another page yeah. and instead of. And that, that sort of feels like that with lockdown now. But 
it won't be normal i don't suppose for quite a long time whatever normal means but Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a few twists along the way yet. Um, yeah. Obviously, the the big fear, which which is driving decision making, and, and they're they're trying to use to maintain compliance with the the new rules, is is the second wave, isn't it? And, yeah. Um, so we've yet to see if that transpires. Do you know what I thought about the other day was how like the idea of herd immunity is so poisonous, right? Mm. To most people, it's like, well, you know, might as well worship the devil. Can't but, possibly but what is it that's poisonous about it? I, I get the impression it's the, the language of being treated like sheep or cows. You know, that, that, it's more about that than it is about the scientific concept of herd immunity. I would say that people would be quite, quite affronted and, uh, and quite scared if you were to behave in a way which would allow you to spread disease to them right people don't want to be infected by this thing yep even though they probably know that it's the best thing that could ever happen um, yeah Sorry. a little bit distracted so if, if people have kind of got that sort of sort of don't come towards me. Sorry, I completely lost my thread with this phone. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> well, yeah, right. So, if you if herd immunity is such a poor idea, yeah, dangerous and it's irresponsible. And we can't do it. And we need the vaccine, right? So, this one of the defences I've heard about the vaccine is that if you have like, the virus that we will be, it mutates relatively quickly. So. So what they had in China will be different from what we had in Europe. It's probably different from what they had in America, right? It's not that unusual. But that means that herd immunity won't work because you can have herd immunity in the UK. Somebody comes from China to visit, they've got it, and hey, presto, you still have it. So we need the vaccine. So, right, okay, what do we make the vaccine from? Mm -hmm. Which, which yeah. strain, although that, I think that's taking a bit too far. You're, you're right, it does mutate relatively quickly. But most of the mutations are completely silent and um, have no impact upon the, the nature of the disease. Um, I mean, that's common through any genome. Uh, so, in theory, as long as that the, the mutations don't have any tangible effect upon the virus and create a completely new strain, then it shouldn't matter too much. Uh, I have seen some evidence that there may be two strains have already been formed uh, one which is quite mild and one which is uh, stronger but there's some doubt about that as well um, but I think well you're right it is mutating it's not mutating as quickly as many viruses do mm. yeah but I think the, the idea of herd immunity obviously applies to the vaccine that's exactly what a vaccine is trying to achieve that the whole point about population-wide vaccination programs is to achieve herd immunity you want everybody about, to get it, yeah. Sorry? Yeah, you, you want everybody to get it and mix it around. And That's right, yeah. So the, the difference is, do you allow it to, do you, do you allow herd immunity to arise naturally by allowing the virus to infect a large proportion of the population while screening and um, protecting the most vulnerable? And we know who those people are. <laughs> 
We know it's the, the over 70s. I mean, where do you draw the line, really? But at least, you know, because yeah. we don't have to make the policies here, let's say over 70s. Yeah. Um, I'm going to that job. Sorry? Someone in a suit. Someone in a suit. That's gets right. That job. They draw that line somewhere. Draw the line. Yeah. What do you do for a living? I draw lines. <laughs> I job. decide who and who is not. <laughs> Hundred grand a year for drawing lines. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so okay. yeah, I mean, so we know who the people are that are most vulnerable. We can screen those, uh, as in not screen them out, but actually protect them. And let everybody else get on with their lives and generate more herd immunity so the virus can't spread quite so easily. And, um, you know, and I, I think that's where we've gone wrong here. And I think that's where Sweden maybe is, although they're coming with some uh, pressure as well now. Well, they've everybody, taken says that. everybody says that about Sweden. What yeah. pressure? Because I heard an interview with the, some top boss from Sweden and he said everything's great. Yeah. <laughs> you talk to people in Sweden, they say, great, everything's great, there's no problem, absolutely no problem whatsoever. I mean, you hear they were in Sweden through Donald Trump and Boris Johnson say, oh, they've got terrible problems. They yeah, what right. problem? what well, they're problem? getting on with their lives, aren't they? I mean, they're still going to bars, they're still um, having, you know, mingling with each other, and, and, um, and, and the death rate's increasing, and I've, I've heard say that it's higher than it is in the other... Um, Scandinavian countries now, but mm. but at least they're not they're going to have an economic impact because the whole world is going through is going to go through a, an economic recession. But so Sweden will be hit by that, but not as badly as the rest of us because they've managed to keep working and yeah. keep salaries and, going. And their mental health will be you know much better. Yeah. Uh, and so you know dealing with the effects of the economic crisis. Um, remember we're talking about disempowering people and then disengaging people and then you know stretching them out and yeah. now getting them back to, to work um, there will be you know you, I'm pretty sure that would fit into the definition of post-traumatic stress disorder yeah indeed you know, everybody will have this stress that they've gone through they won't realize it until they've come out of the other side um, but uh, you telling me that's not going to increase you know, it will happen. People, suicide rates are going up, right? So, already pretty high, <laughs> right? No, right? And so, you know, what's what do you do about that? Do you have a lockdown about that? Yeah. <laughs> well, don't, don't, don't lock down about that. <laughs> well, it's um, the opposite of a lockdown we need for that, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, you know, Sweden would probably be better equipped to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, having just come out of a, a, a dark winter, of course, locking them down would have been uh, a difficult thing to do, probably, in Sweden, because, you know, at the end of April, they, they go a little bit mad anyway, uh, when, when their spring starts and uh, everybody can get out and, and enjoy a... Sitting around naked in their front garden, exactly. drinking coffee, eating buns and cakes. Yeah. So telling them that they had to stay indoors for another two months would have probably uh, been the, the straw that broke the camel's back in uh, countries like Sweden <laughs> and Norway. Yeah, they love a bit of the outdoors, don't they? Yeah. 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 Right. So, um, interestingly, I, I developed a cough this week. Ooh. Yeah. So, and obviously everything goes through your mind then. 
Very good. And I, I've, I've barely been out of the house. So where have I picked up coronavirus from? I haven't, by the way. I just want to make that clear before we go on. I don't need to keep that secret or uh, keep you on tenterhooks. But. How do you know you haven't got coronavirus? Because I went and got a test. Did you? I did. Well, it could be useful for people to know. How did you get a test? Well, you um, apply online through the NHS website. Um, you fill in all the forms, all the details, um, and then you book a time to a, a local test centre. And there's a few around. There's one in Berwick. There's one in Ashington. Um, I believe there may be a temporary one in Anik even. Anik Gardens. So um, yeah, book a time to go and then go. And so what happened? You went in like a blood test, is it? Or no, uh, no, it's um, it's a swab of the back of your throat and nose. Uh, Did you gag? What? What? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You do. <laughs> He's a gagger. He's a gagger. <laughs> so it's interesting. You use the same swab for your nose, for your, for your nose and the, your throat. <laughs> so you just got to make sure you do it in the right order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or would you like the, the deluxe package? Yeah, that's right. You two. <laughs> we go into every crevice. Yeah. Um, well, you're right. So it's fairly, you know, non-invasive. Well, it, it, that's right. I mean, it's you're right. You gag because you you're swabbing the back of your throat where your tonsils are. Um, so it's pretty. You, you get the gag reflex going, and then you stick it up your nose, and that's pretty unpleasant as well. So. Yeah. Um, but they're not sticking any needles in anything. It's not needles. Yeah, no question. <laughs> and so anybody can apply and get a test, can they? Um, I'm not sure what the rules are, but anybody who thinks they've got symptoms now can uh, book a test and go. Mm -hmm. So um, you got back a test and said you were negative. You didn't have it. That's right. Yeah. Did so it go pretty quick? No, no other information. Mm -hmm. Just the negative yeah. COVID. Well, because they're not testing for anything else, I guess. Yeah, they just test for that. You know, there's privacy rules and uh, and all of that. They have to um, be careful about what they would test for. I imagine without consent. Yeah, just wondering if you could get any extra freebies in there while we're there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, um, so you haven't got it. Well, is that a relief? Well, it's a relief in the sense that I don't have to isolate for fourteen days. Yeah. The, the, the thing is, if I have symptoms, in theory, <laughs> the whole family, the whole household is supposed to stay locked down completely, not go out for 14 days. That means no shopping. I'll come and paint a big black cross across your front door. Exactly, yeah. Come <laughs> <laughs> and deliver shopping for us, Paul. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's a relief in that sense that... Um, I don't have to completely isolate for 14 days. We can still go shopping. We can still go for walks, um, enjoy the sunshine. Whereas if, in theory, as I say, <laughs> we wouldn't be able to do those things if, um, if I have symptoms and don't know that I'm negative. Yeah, I reckon those rules, you should be really bending those rules. Well, if you I, understand the processes, you, yeah. you realise how much more effective and healthier and happier you'll be if you just didn't 
I don't go around running and coughing in people's faces. Yeah. Don't, you know, nobody's following you with a stopwatch, timing how long you've been outside. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know, in, in another way, it's kind of a bit disappointing that I haven't got it because at least then, if I'd had it, I could say I've got it, I've had it, and hopefully got some level of immunity. And uh, job done. That would be the ideal, isn't it? If you have the test, you find out that you've already had it. Well, and of course, the test doesn't show you that because it's an antigen test, so it just shows whether you've got it at that time. Right. Um, it doesn't show you whether you've had it in the past. So that would be uh, that would have to be a blood test, I think, and um, and they're not doing that at the moment. They haven't got that antibody test yet. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, I wish you all the very best with your. With your so the cough, right? So what was the deal? Is it just one cough, or has that been a persistent? Are you still having? It came on. Um, it was probably Monday, I think. Came through. Wow. Uh, just started coughing. It was tightness in the chest. Yeah. Um, and normally, any other time, you would just say, "Oh, well, it's a cold," or "It's a bit of an allergy," or. Um, but it was there, and I was coughing. It was getting worse. We're seeing these words on the media when you look at the news. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa, it's me. Yeah. And, then that, and that's been pretty consistent then since from, for a week. Pretty much, yeah. I've still got, I mean, it's not as bad now, I don't think, as it was probably middle of last week. Yeah. Uh, it's easing off a little bit, but it's still there. Oh, well, get well soon. Yeah. Then... I, I don't feel too ill with it, actually. It's, um, it is a strange chestiness. It's different to any cold I've ever had before. You know, and that's why you think it's probably coronavirus because my nose wasn't running particularly so you know like you would with a cold it was very much a dry chesty cough yeah. without anything being coughed up all the, it sounded just like coronavirus and yeah. unfortunately came back wow just uh, you know make sure you got your uh Last word and testament all in order. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just look at your exit strategy. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Nice chatting with you, Gareth. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll be talking about it. You're on your own next week. It won't be. <laughs> and the week after that, and the week after that. That's right. The sound of one hand clapping. Um, right, I've got kids today, they want to get out of the padding pool, so this might be a good opportunity okay. to take a look and show. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's introduce the next segment then, which is. Um, a recording we did earlier with uh, a local business owner, Stephanie uh, Davison of Allied Business Support Services, um, who tells us a little bit about what she's been doing in lockdown, about some of the things that she's done to, uh, to be productive during lockdown, and some great hints and tips about um, how to stay positive and productive uh, in lockdown as you prepare to, to come out the other side. So uh, she's a new business owner, uh, stayed very positive and uh, really was interesting to talk to her about her experience as a business person through this whole experience. So enjoy uh, the short interview and we'll come back and chat about it after you've listened to it as well. Very good. Well, I'm delighted to be joined by Stephanie Davidson of ABSS uh, for today's interview with a, a local business owner. So uh, just to start with, Steph, what does ABSS stand for? 
So ABSS is Allied Business Support Services, um, which is a um, helping hands for your admin, basically. So we support businesses with their admin. Okay, well, that was my next question. Tell me a bit about your business. So you <laughs> had that already. So tell me a bit more, you know, let's dig into that a little bit. What's, what's your business about? So the big thing is we are helping business owners to claim some time back. So if you think about all of the jobs that are fiddly and the admin type jobs where you're sending out letters to mailing lists, where you are um, collating your mailing lists, you're checking everyone's still okay, you're doing your social media posts and you can't for the life of you think of something new to say. Um, this is where I come in. <laughs> it okay. can be anything from um, transcribing a document or a video, because obviously, as you know, um, most of the people watching videos on social media don't actually listen to them, they watch them. Mm. So you need captions on there and things like that. So that's what I'm doing. Okay. So any, any admin tasks that a business owner or anybody in business might want uh, doing or social media support? And all those Pretty much. Yeah, that people don't find the time to do. Yeah. So would it be that they have to go to the bottom of their to-do list and find the thing that they keep on putting off and that's the stuff that you could really help them with? What we normally say to do is look at the last week yep. and what is taking the most time for you to do. So what's kept you away from doing what you needed to do? Okay. That job. and Or it could be the one that you've procrastinated about a lot because you really don't want to do it. Yep. So you, you just kind of thought about it, did a bit of research and then went away. And so actually it's taken four hours when it could have been done in an hour because okay. you just didn't want to do it. Yep. We all do that as business owners. There's all jobs that you just don't want to do. So you just put them to the side a little bit. Yep. Well, it's those sorts of jobs that I would recommend that you speak to somebody about doing because that four hours, you've lost four hours real mm -hmm. product productivity. Yep. Whereas for someone like me, fish bath off done. Right. Yeah. It's my bread and butter. So <laughs> yeah, that's what you're good at. Excellent. So who do you do that for then, Steph? You know, who do you serve? Who's your uh, best customer, your ideal customer? So for me, um, obviously I help small businesses, but my ideal client, the, um, the field that I'm really passionate about is mental health. Okay. So this is your therapists, your counsellors, um, psychiatrists, psychologists, anybody who's supporting people with mental health issues. I've got my own backstory, as everyone has with um, mental health. Mm -hmm. And it's something I find that I'm really, really passionate about. I want to support the people who are helping people like me, if okay. that makes sense. Yeah, it <laughs> and it, it, it's, it's something I'm really, really passionate about. And okay. it, it's a real fire in your belly sort of, I, I want to be helping those people. Yeah. So that's where my ideal client is. But obviously with admin, it's very, very transferable. It, it's mm. everybody needs help with admin and I just like helping people. Yeah. So you wouldn't not have somebody who wasn't a, uh, yeah, it, it's, any negatives in there, but. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. If somebody else wanted your services, of course you would help them, but uh, you're really passionate about the mental health providers. Yeah. Okay. I like helping people who are helping people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you've got a really clear target market there. I do this week. It's just a new thing. Okay. <laughs> it's something that um, I've only been in business 10 months, um, as you know from previous. Yeah. So it's taken me this long to 
realized what I'm really passionate about. Mm. And, and it's the last month that I went, right, okay, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and it's down to COVID that I've had the time to sit and go, right, okay, what do you actually want to do? Excellent. Yeah, great. It's good to have to take that time to uh, reflect, isn't it, that we've, we've had over the last yes. uh, weeks. Good. So what, what is it that um, that particular target market, the, um, the, the mental health providers, what is it that they need most from someone like you? It tends to be, a lot of it's transcription. So um, taking up reports and things like that, because you need some background in medical terminology to be doing things like that, okay. which I've got from the um, previous work. Okay. The other thing is social media to help them um, get their voice out there. Mm. A lot of the time, they, they're great at what they do, but not many people are going to say, oh, go and see my psychiatrist. She's amazing. Right. So they need to be able to get their voice out there yeah. in a professional but a personal way. And that's what I can help with because I'm so passionate about it. It, it comes really easily yeah. because I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's something that feels really, really natural. I could, within five minutes, I could send you 50 graphics on mental health, anything. Right. Just because they come really, really easily because it's a part of who I am. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think I'm explaining myself very well. No, no, it does. I mean, clearly you've got a background, some you know, history there, and as you've said, most people do, and uh, um, that, that clearly helps because it's personal to you. Yeah. Um, you've clearly got some more professional background in that too, from what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> lots of years working with mental health professionals. Right, great. Well, that's, that just makes it all the more... Um, Authoritative is probably the wrong word, isn't it? It's, it just makes you the, the person, the go-to person for that kind of... Um, yeah, I, I've just got more experience in it and it's, it's more natural for me than it would be for somebody who hasn't got the background. Brilliant, yeah, good. So you've mentioned that um, you know, COVID-19 has given you the time to think that through and figure that out as a, as, as a particular niche for you. Um, what, what's the impact of COVID-19 been on you and your business? Don't ask me that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'd only been running eight months when it started. Right. Um, and I'd, I'd literally, I'd just getting into profit and I was so chuffed. I was on top of the world. This was amazing. And then everything crashed. Literally all of my clients at the time, um, none of them are actually mental health professionals. Um, all of them said, we need to put on hold. And that's absolutely fine. I've got no problem with that because I don't want to force people to be spending money that they don't have at the minute. Yeah. Kind of defeats what I want to do. Mm -hmm. I want to help people. Um, so they all went on hold and all of a sudden I had a lot of time on my hands. Right. So I went into flat mode for a couple of weeks where I just, ah, what did I do? Mm -hmm. uh, that sort of thing. And then I sat down and I evaluated the situation, right? The finances of this, the situation is this, the social media is this. What do we do now? Mm -hmm. so I took the time out to adapt the sort of thing that I was offering so where I was transcribing a lot of reports I was offering to transcribe videos transcribe meetings things like that mm -hmm. that people wouldn't necessarily think about um, like the captions on your videos the fact that mm -hmm. the majority of your demographic isn't going to listen to it so you need to have captions on there right. plus you get some of your market if um, you don't have the captions on there 
mm. because it, you've got your deaf clients or potential deaf clients who are completely cut out of that mm. element. So mm. it's things like that. Um, and then I started looking at self-development. So I started a VA mastery course when I first started with the business. And I've kind of like just played around with it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm now on my last module and due to graduate at the end of this week. So I decided it was too important a chance to miss for me to be better at what I do. Mm -hmm. I want to be the best in my field. And the only way to do that is to keep learning and to keep pushing and to keep going. Very good. Yeah, well done. <laughs> it, it's easy. It has been, I think, for many people to um, procrastinate it over the, the last eight weeks or so. And, you know, I run into that problem just as much as anybody else of uh, thinking you've got time on our hands and, and not doing the things that we need to do. So it's, it's great to hear that you've uh, you grabbed the bull by the horns, as it were, and uh, really got some... A little while for us to get my head around it. But once I did, it was like, right, come on, this is what we've got. Let's deal with it. Yeah, well done. So you've answered my next question, which was, you know, how's that working for you? Well, maybe you've touched on that. How's it working for you? Um, you know, have you managed to build, get some business back over the, the last few weeks? I'm starting to build. Um, the, there's no business coming from it as yet, but there is a lot of connections, which from my perspective is actually more important. It is far more important to me to have those connections, to meet those mm. people and to find the people that I can potentially help because then I can learn how to market it. Again, I'm quite new to this, so I need to learn how to market to this audience. Yeah. So it, it, it's all about building connections. I've had time to do my website, and I've got to say, my website's just amazing now. It's fab. <laughs> if you'd have seen it two months ago, you'll understand why I say that. Okay. <laughs> What's the URL so we can show it off to people? Yeah, I, I, I will get it sent to you, but it's alliedbusinesssupportservices.co.uk. Very simple. Says what it <laughs> Good, excellent. So um, I think you've touched on this as well. You know, times like this, as business owners, we know that we need to think differently. You know, it's a it's a crisis. It's been called unprecedented. Uh, we need to think differently. So, what ways do you find that work best for you to get creative and and think differently? Um, it's going to sound really counterproductive, but. What I do when I need to change gear or I need to think outside of the box is I take some time out and okay. I focus on my why. Yeah. So I'll, I'll spend some time with my little one. I've got a 19 month old um, and I'll spend some time being silly, playing in the garden, food coloring on spaghetti, that sort of thing. Right. And then I'll come back to it write myself a list of what I want to do and then figure out how to achieve it. But I need to have that break time. I need to reconnect with why I'm doing this. Yeah. Give us the focus to then move to, right, okay, how are we doing it? Excellent. Yeah. It's taking that time out. So getting away from it, it's uh, thinking about something else almost, isn't it? It's giving you a brain yeah. a chance to work subconsciously. But I love the idea of reconnecting with your why in a very physical way, you know, getting down and, and playing with your son or daughter. So, my little terror tot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it couldn't be anything more physical than that, could it? I mean, talk about <laughs> connecting with why, and it can be a very abstract thing, but you, know, you, you made it very tangible. So, that's brilliant. Any other uh, tips that you've got for getting creative and thinking differently? The main thing would be to connect with your audience. 
um, who do you want to be speaking to? Because mm. they know more than anybody what they need right now. Right. You can guess as much as you want, but connect with it. So get really, really good on your social, get really, really present on your socials um, so that people can connect with you, you can connect with them. Right. Speak to a coach, speak to a mentor. They know what they're doing. <laughs> so they do this all day, every day. This is their bread and butter. They want to be helping you, so speak to them. Yeah. This would be my top advice. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks for the um <laughs> what I do. Um yeah, good. I, you know it is about talking to people, isn't it? Whether that's a coach or mentor or whether it's your customers or that communication and passing of ideas between yeah. two people is where new ideas come from so often. <laughs> You've also got the element of networking. Um, one thing you need to do is, and a lot of people have tapered off with it, is make sure you stay networking. It's easier. It's online. I, as you've seen yourself, I've been sat here with my small human who refused to let mommy go, still yeah. networking, still doing my job, still multitasking, because this is what I do. This is my life. Yeah. So keep networking, keep doing it. <laughs> Good advice as well another way to stay connected with people and communicate yeah. brilliant thanks Steph um, so this is an interesting question it's been said that um, you know, people learn from their mistakes smart people learn from their mistakes but wise people learn from other people's mistakes so what mistakes have you made that other people can learn from oh crikey I could give you a whole list <laughs> <laughs> So the big thing for me is allowing myself to go off on a tangent. Okay. Not um, in the first part of the business, rather than sitting down and saying, right, I need to do this, this, this to achieve this. What I did was, I need to do everything mm. right now, immediately. Come on, let's get it done. And then did nothing. Right. So um, the best piece of advice I can give is to get yourself a list write it down, keep it up to date, tick off the things that you've done. That gives you a sense of achievement because you've done it, you feel great, you're achieving something. Mm -hmm. When you get to the end of the list, give yourself a reward. doesn't matter what the reward is, give yourself a reward, you've done good. And then write a new list at the beginning of the next week and just keep your lists running, tick right. them off and keep tying to them. That would be my biggest piece of advice for anyone. So these are things that work for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's the only way, obviously my life is a little bit hectic. I've got hubby working at home. I've got my parents living with me um, because of their circumstances. I've got a 19 year old and I've got a business. So my life is crazy. Yeah. So I need to keep lists and I need to keep organized. Otherwise nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, great. Lists are so useful, aren't they? It's just a very simple way of, of keeping on top of everything and uh, clearing your mind as well when, when, when it gets full. Yeah, oh, yeah, brain dumps are amazing. <laughs> Brilliant. Good. Well, thanks for that. It's a good, good piece of advice. And um, so how can people contact you if they like what they've heard? And uh, you know, perhaps if they're in the mental health professions and they've got a, a to-do list as long as they're arm and uh, like to relieve some of that stress for themselves. Well, they can find me via my website, which is yeah. alliedbusinesssupport.co.uk. Um, they can also contact me by phone on 01670-719-700. I can send the details over to you. Yeah, so that's um, 0670-719-700. Excellent. Yeah. Um, that is my business line. 
They can find me on Facebook via the business name or myself, which is Stephanie Davidson. Okay. They can find me on LinkedIn. They can find me on Instagram. I'm, I'm pretty visible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, great. You got an email address that you'd like to share? I have. Yeah. It is stephanie at alliedbusinesssupport.co.uk. But that is Stephanie with an F. That's important, isn't it? So Stephanie with an F, not a PH. So Although if you sent it to PH, it would still come to me. Oh, you've got all the bases covered, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Like it, I'm right? admin. Exactly. <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? It's these small details which tell you that someone is very good at what they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've got both email addresses figured out and you know people can get it wrong and they'll still be able to contact you. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. I like that. So one last question, uh, Steph, and I'll let you get back to your busy life. Um, what's most inspiring to you today? What's most inspiring me is the way people are picking up and moving. Right. The way they are completely adapting their world, how they're coping with everything. Um, I, I find it awesome the amount of people who are managing to look after their kids, to do a little bit of schooling, to do a little bit of work, to... I, I don't even know how they do it. Um, all I've got to do is play. So, so, it, it's, I, so yes, it's people that are inspiring me and it's new people every single day. Right. Yeah. Brilliant. That's great. Fantastic. Um, good. Well, thank you, Steph. That's been uh, 20 odd minutes there of <laughs> flown by and, and just what a real insight into who you are and what you do. and. Um, as I say, just those little details that have come out of this to just make you realise how good you are at what you do. So, uh, I'm awesome. spending the time. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Thank you, Steph. Thank you for your time. Oh, you're welcome. And welcome back. You're listening to Paul and Gareth with Well Engaged on Lionheart Radio. Uh, you can listen to us on lionheartradio.com and you can get in touch by going to the website and um, clicking on contact us. And we'd love to uh, involve you in the conversation, much like we did with, uh, with Stephanie just there, uh, Stephanie Davison of Allied Business Support Services. Um, so what do you think, Paul? Sounds good. Sounds like, sounds like somebody I need to speak to. You have to excuse me just for a second because I keep getting these backdrops. I've had to change location. <laughs> I was being invaded and hijacked by small children. Uh, I thought, I thought, yeah, wow, you know, like it's, it's great, isn't it? It's great to hear somebody like Stephanie talking about what she's doing in such a, in, in, in a very honest way. I mean, it, it feels honest. Um, because you know she's just you know been sitting around with loads of time on her hands and thinking about well actually what I what do I want to do and, and exactly. you know, selecting your target audience is a really wise thing to do and especially if it's legit especially if it's genuine I mean I know what it's like to help people I know what a buzz that is so if you're helping people that are helping people then you know there's going to be that element of you know, congruency and uh, and satisfaction 
Um, and yeah, I could think of about, you know, at least a thousand things <laughs> that I'm totally not doing that holding me back from being where I want to be. Um, and it's not that I don't have the intention to get around to these things. Of course, like everybody else, you know, I'll get around to it. Like, yeah, yeah. You, know, you just had eight weeks of nothing, doing no distractions, like, and you still haven't got around to it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think time is the issue. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, time is not the issue. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the way I look at it is if, there's, if there are projects there that can help develop your ideas and, and you know, just channel it through faster, you know, still under your control, but, you know, for whatever cost there might be initially, you know, if, if, if you've set your targets right, if you've, if you've put the business idea together and you've actually forecast, you know, what you could realistically try and get, do a bit of research on it, you know, that'll pay for your assistance, um, you know, several times over. Probably, you know. Yeah. Well, it's about prioritizing work, isn't it? If you're in, if you're in business like that, you you can put a value on the hours that you're spending. And if you're spending time in a week doing admin, that you could pay someone ten, fifteen, twenty pounds an hour to do. Well, that yeah. frees you up to do fifty pound an hour work. Which, and if you look at you know, let's say doing um, working on a, a big project. Depends on the businesses, but if you're a business owner working on a big project for a big new client, um, and that project's worth ten thousand pounds over the next six months, is that a higher value hourly rate for you to be working on than admin work that you can you can get done at fifteen pounds an hour? Hope I'm not underselling Stephanie there because uh, <laughs> she is uh, someone that is worth an awful lot of money on an hourly basis. Uh, well, the details yeah. and the attention to detail that she uh, uh, she clearly has. Well, I think if you again, she seems to have you know really pulled herself in a, in a really sort of clear direction there, and yeah. not just about selecting your target audience, but it, the benefit of selecting your target audience is that you know, ultimately you you, you want to be attracting people that you know people wouldn't be interested in offloading stuff if they were really stressed. You know, they wouldn't dream of paying somebody if you've got no money coming in. The last thing you're going to want to do is pay somebody else. Yeah. It's like, you know, you just, it's your penance, if you like, it's your punishment to do the admin stuff. Um, you know, the, 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 the potential negative blocks that you're going to hit doing all the admin stuff when you wrestle, if it's not in your, you wrestle with it your whole life. There's something about that which is kind of inherent. You know, that's, that's drawing you down to the very ebb of the of, of the wave right <laughs> and so that's what you have to be ground in yeah in order for you to be able to penetrate you know as, as, you know more, you know to the opposite extreme so you can have those moments where everything comes together and feeling flow and that seems to be the thing as well you, you know if you if, if you can find a formula that works if you can get into a flow if you can get that stuff that's stuck to flow you know like, like blocking a drain. Absolutely. Or I would be more <laughs> along the lines of, you know, freeing up some constipation. You know, your whole outlook on life changes, you know. How much good would that be for your business? If it allows you to be, um, you know, more authentic with yourself. So, you know, if, if, if it's not really a good idea to do all that admin stuff if it's not really... If you're wasting time doing it because you're not enjoying it, 
mm-hmm. resenting it because you're thinking of all the things you could be doing with it. Yeah. And, and then go and speak to your customers. Well, yeah. I suppose you might have to do it that way if you have to, but it'd be much better the other way around. You know, be upbeat and be yourself and engage with people about the thing that you want to do. And maybe if you just tried it, you know, set yourself a goal and say, okay, we'll give it a month to see how much use it can really be. And because yep. if, if it is as good as you think as, as you can make it, why wouldn't you want to keep it? Well, that's right. And it's giving it a go, isn't it? I think you don't know whether it's going to work or not until you try it sometimes with these things. And, you know, there can be barriers to doing it. I've, I've come across that with clients where you, um, you have a conversation about what's holding them back and you identify something like the admin, um, which is getting in the way of them doing things and talk to them about sourcing that. And you see the barriers of, well, it'll just take me more time to explain it than I might as well just do it myself. <laughs> Yes, yeah. you're not doing it yourself. <laughs> so, or you're doing it badly. You know, that's, that's the other thing. If, if it's just not your thing, you end up doing it badly. Mm-hmm. Um, or the other barrier that often comes up is, uh, but nobody could do it as well as I do because I understand you know, all of the intricacies here. But often if somebody could do it twice as quickly as you and 80% as well as you. Or let's face it, better than you. Right. Well, yeah, or even you, you, you clearly won't be engaging with yeah. that sort of work in a way that makes you Superman or Superwoman. Yeah. So they're probably going to do a better job of you in a much quicker time frame. And uh, you know, for the little bit of cash that's going to cost you, um, great, wouldn't it? You know, if you had the, here's an idea for you, Gareth, you know, the, the mathematical speed, distance, time, you know, speed equals yeah. distance, time, and you can just play with those positions on that formula and swap the signs around. So, yeah. Speed, distance, and time are all interrelated. You know, they all have an effect on one another. So there's got to be the same thing, isn't there? About you know, your time, uh, your cash, and uh, and your level of engagement. There's got to be something in there that you know you spin around. And and the only way to really be engaged in it is to be excited about it. And that's another good thing. Is like if you've had time, like I said before, if you've had time off and you rested. You know, about now, you, you're going to be coming up with some pretty good ideas, mm-hmm. and you'll be energized. So you'd be, you be, you could move on it and yep. stop putting your foot in the water, which yeah, right. seems like what she's doing. It's really good. Yeah, uh, and I think that honing in on that target market as she did, as she has, will will pay dividends for it. It could be tough, you know, having that that intense strategic focus in a business uh, can be difficult because. It's hard then, it can be hard to keep that focus when, you know, you get an inquiry from over here and an inquiry from over there outside of that strategic direction that you set. Um, but the simplicity of the business that you can build on the back of that strategic focus is, is brilliant. So much easier to talk to the, the right customers because you're talking about the right things. And so much easier for potential customers to know that you're the person to talk to because you've specialized in that. And, um, and I, it's, I, th- I think it's going to be fantastic for her business going forward. Mm. Uh, and what a great opportunity she's been given to, to have the time to really think about what she wanted to do and who she wanted to serve most in her business and, and to, to put that target market together. Really excited for her. And of course, she's, she's new to it, right? She's she did herself, so you know, she's going to roll with this for a while. And you know, if it's working and it's you know, things are happening, great. If not, then just 
okay. I could I could call myself a sports specialist, sports injury yeah. specialist, or I could call my, you know to you, and then on my next webinar call, I, you know, I'm an arthritis expert. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can always... so you can do that, and you know, many businesses might, or many advisors might say, well, you don't have to niche your whole business; just niche your marketing campaign. Uh, so yeah, you can be an arthritis expert in one campaign and a sports specialist in another campaign. Yeah. But, the, the mentality of that and the effect that has on your mindset and your ability to talk to that person in, in real terms about what it is that they're going through, I think gets diluted. I, I think the, the trick that Stephanie has landed upon of focusing a whole business on that because she's passionate about it, because she understands it from first-hand experience and she has a real desire and commitment to help those people that are helping people like her just makes it all the more authentic for her to be communicating with those people and for them to really believe that she's got their best interests at heart when she's working for them or with them. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly, 100%. However, what I cunningly did was I lured you into a trap there. Did you? Yeah, so like, you know, I could call myself a specialist in arthritis one day and if that's not working, switch it around to knees or switch it around to whatever. But I'd just be chasing the popular vote, wouldn't I? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's exactly what our political system yeah. does. It yeah. just finds out what what's working, and they just roll with that and go and go down there. So like any popularity contest, isn't it? It's how the media work. Try this. Lots of attention. Oh, people are interested. Let's roll with it for a bit longer. Yeah. 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 So, right. if, so if it doesn't feel right. In a, in a you know in a business environment, if you can't be you know congruent with yourself, why is it okay to call the shots and make the decisions about what we do with our lives and economies and liberties? Yeah, I'm going off people in suits. I don't like suits. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So uh, it's really good to hear somebody out there who is. You know, not waiting. <laughs> She's not waiting. Oh, that's right. She's putting everything in place, and you know that's that's the time that we've been given to uh, to put things in place, isn't it? And uh, uh, make the most of them. Prepare and get out the blocks, sprinting when uh, when the gun goes off. So, um, anything else you'd like to talk about today, Paul? Anything else I'd like to talk about? I kind of got it off my chest a little bit. Yeah, the whole, the whole thing about you know it's really clear when you look back now. You know, lockdowns don't work, right? It just doesn't work, regardless of what the media are telling you, regardless of what um, you know the the narrative has been for the last you know two months. Um, the, the the damage that we're going to cause or are causing already. Uh, for some people that won't be mentally stable enough because they've been, you know, conditioned to be scared and, you know, their mental health isn't great. There's quite a lot of people in that state before lockdown started. So, um, you know, it's going to be really difficult for some people. The relationship pressures and stresses, the got no money, financial pressures and stresses. It's like, you know, a lot of people will, you know, there's going to be a lot of people need a lot of help that yeah and lockdown doesn't make that easier lockdown just keeps punishing those people and ultimately it punishes everybody because we're weakening our immune systems and we 
you know, becoming less sociable, less less capable of you know relaxing with other people. Um, and if we want health, we have to have those things. We have to have the interactions. We have to have the mixing. We have to have that. Um, it's good for our immune health. It's good for our mental health. It's you know, it's better for our physical health. You know, people be running around. You know, kids playing football. You know, chasing each other, playing it, all that sort of stuff. You know, outdoors. Um, and even on a day like today, you know, I'm sat here. There's nobody in the park over the fence. Really? Yeah. No, there's nobody there. <laughs> They're all at the beach. They're all at the beach. That's yeah. right. Well, we've been hanging out on the beaches the last two, three days in a row. Yeah. And uh, nobody on the beaches. <laughs> we've had the, all that lovely heat and wind. I was on yeah. the sand. It was amazing. It was like being sandblasted. It was just yeah. relentless. It didn't stop. If you lay down on the floor, it was just like being assembled. It's, it's a third-hand uh, account, but uh, we've heard that the beaches around here, Embleton and, and upwards and, and south as well, uh, are packed even. Just cars parked everywhere, really? practically abandoned, uh, going down to the beach, which... Um, wow, good. As I say, it's third-hand because we've been avoiding it to, to do our bit, even though we live, you know, we could walk there. Uh, yeah. But we, we haven't, and um, yeah. So it's, even though I don't <laughs> agree with the lockdown, I think it's a little bit disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, everybody's doing it, you know, as, uh, as best they can with the information they've got, right? So I just think the sea is a perfect place because you've got loads of viruses uh, in the sea, and. Uh, it's a great way to, to get your immune system back online. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, those, those, those people are going to be really scared and uh, it's going to be really difficult. And I think the damage from that will be far worse than anything from COVID-19. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's very, very peculiar. It's very bizarre. I suspect that we're being suppressed more than other countries. Um, in terms of the length of the lockdown, because it will make us even more scared. We will have even more fear about our livelihoods and our businesses and our futures under the old context, the old metrics, if you like. Um, and in which case, you know, it, it, it's going to be a very painful sacrifice to let go of, of what was back there because it would have been familiar, even if it wasn't working very well, it, it would still be familiar, it'd be a familiar pain. And now you're going into a wide, wide ocean of unfamiliar pain. And um, so we have to stay, uh, we have to stay grounded. We have to remember that it, you know, if, if you're not dealing with things very well, if you're having a hard time mentally, um, it's, it's perfectly normal, you, you just need a rest. Mm -hmm. uh, and there'll be something that you're doing which is you know sedating you uh and stopping you from revitalizing yourself properly before you wake up and you, you just have to have a just have three or four really good nights sleep um and try and tie it in with the daylight you know bring, bring your body clock back into place and mm -hmm. because that's ultimately like it's not it, like I, I, I was overwhelmed in, in this treatment room the other day i had you know auditing old clinic cards, I've been sorting out some old books, you know, the kids have been tidying up in inverted commas. And, um, and it was just chaos. And it was just, everywhere I looked, there was something that needed to get done. I, I couldn't do the thing that I wanted to do. 
and then it suddenly became apparent that it doesn't matter how much of that stuff I get tidied up. The important thing is that I start tidying stuff up. Mm. Right. And if there were just five things that I could do right now, right. That meant when I come back in from this room, after I leave it in a minute, I won't be looking at the same stuff and I'll have felt that progress. And yeah. just five things. If you one, two, three, four, five. And, um, I find that really helpful, right? And so to bring some sort of order from the chaos, mm-hmm. yeah, which is really easy. These little pockets of chaos just explode. These little yeah. fireworks just skewer, bing, this little bit of chaos in your life and then something else needs attention. Um, yeah, in- interacting with people. You know, you need, you need to get your rest, you need to get your sleep, but you need to start communicating you need to start interacting with people well i find that really interesting down at the supermarkets right this is quite funny i went to waitrose uh morrison's the other day and um you know there were more people in there than there were before and you know there was social distancing going on as well i was like yes and um it's kind of just it wasn't carnage it wasn't back to normal but it was like it was like oh okay um, and it was a bit frustrating actually because you remember that it used to be loads of people in the supermarket you used yeah. to be in and out of all of that stuff we, have it. we never had it this good from supermarket <laughs> job and, um, and then like for some reason I ended up in Sainsbury's again at some point last week and it was like it's, it's much bigger Sainsbury's much bigger supermarket more space around and you know it was a little stricter it felt it felt stricter going in there and Everybody was very, very, much fewer people in there. It was like, you know, going to choose a supermarket depending on your level of fear of COVID, <laughs> right? We are a COVID friendly or yeah. a, you know, we don't appreciate COVID around here, you know, um, depending on people's levels of fear. So I thought that was quite funny. You know, there's a golden opportunity because that's probably the only place where you're going to really bump into people outside the fish and chip shop in Alex. It's just bonkers. It's just like massive queues. They're doing really well, I think. I hope they're doing really well. But it's nice to see people standing outside in the sunlight chatting to each other two metres apart in the queue. Mm-hmm. But slowly two metres will become one and a half metres and one and a half metres will become a metre and then eventually we'll just be, you know, hugging our children and our grandchildren that we haven't seen for so long. Do you know what I mean? I, I think that I agree and that, you know, the sooner we can get to that, the better. The, the, the concern that I have is that you know, if this R number goes up again and they, they push another lockdown or reinforce lockdown, um, as a result, and it's not so much the fear of the virus spreading that I I worry about. It's the fact that that will force this government into another lockdown, and the damage that that will do. And I think that, as you say, it's nice to see people mingling a little bit more and, and not worrying quite so much about it, and you know, dispensing with that fear a little bit. Um, but the that, that nagging worry in my mind is that if that happens too much, regardless of the actual danger of that, the government will lock us down again. And then we end up in this situation for longer and then the mental health impacts of that and the, the social isolation of that just gets worse. Mm. So we all, as I've said, you know, as we've said many times, neither of us agrees with the lockdown. And yet I do feel that we have to be as compliant with it as possible just to stop this government protracting it any longer than they have. <laughs> level of control that we've got over this situation. That's it. We're forced to accept their incompetence. Yeah, that's right. 
go along with it or we'll just increase our incompetence. Right, effectively <laughs> that's what they'll do, isn't it? They'll just lock us down for longer. So um, the, the only alternative to that is mass revolution and I don't see that happening anytime soon. Although well, with Dominic the situation, then maybe that will happen. Well, you, you, did you say Dominic Cummings? Yes, I did. Yeah. So, yeah, we should point out as well that by the time we talk about, we're talking about this one, Dominic Cummings will be a week later, but, you know. Well, as we talk about well, it, he's resigned or, uh, or been sacked, I think, yes. So, um, whether that happens. What, what, <laughs> you know, if, if there was ever a project that needed no explanation, is to show you how uh, unequal and how biased and how corrupt this whole system is. Yeah. There you have it. Yeah. You know, and that's on top of paying for, do you remember all the expenses? Parliamentary expenses, uh -huh. MPs expenses, yeah. that was the tax evasion. That wasn't him, let's just be clear. But, um... Well, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's not very far from those people, is it? It's like, well, the Prime Minister's own advisor thinks that they're above the law, then that's tyrannical. I think, that, yeah, if that's what he does think, and, um, you know, his, yeah. his position is that he hasn't done anything in contravention of the, the law, the guidelines, that uh, there was always that um, proviso in the guidelines that, Childcare issues might, uh, safeguarding issues <laughs> is what they're starting to call it now, might, uh, would trump the, the rules. But, you know, there's so much doubt over whether that actually is the case and whether he's just hiding behind some weasel words. And I, I just think it's, it's wholly unproductive situation for him to be hiding and, and behind weasel words. When, you know, what would have happened if anybody else had done that? Yeah, I'm sure the police have been treating people with a lot of respect and dignity over this. You know, that's the impression I get anyway. You know, they're not slapping people in prison over contravention of rules. They're explaining what the rules are and sending them back home again. But you just get that impression that um, if anybody else had done what he'd done, then they they would have been sent home. Yeah. Well. That, that sort of stuff will spark a revolution. I mean, you know, we're not going to grab our pitchforks and start stabbing people, although I am up for it. <laughs> I am up for it. Like, if you, you could say, right, well, what are we going to put in place? It's like you could put anything in place. You think about how many people you know who are more intelligent than you and have a way better understanding of things than, than you do. And that's not to insult you, but there are always people above us in better positions, yeah. right? And then compare how they would do things other than Boris Johnson. I mean, they would at least look at the evidence. They would at least... Well, yeah, I'm, I'm slipping down that dark slope, you know, but... Yeah. It's like you could put... You could put a... Sloth in place of Boris Johnson. That would be more entertaining, watching a sloth come out and introduce himself and sort of... Take a long time. <laughs> but then they do go on and on and on, those Prime Minister's addresses anyway. It's like... Just come out and speak without saying anything for five minutes. Don't go on and on and on for 45 minutes. And then, you know, telling us how we have to be brave and come on, we can keep the stiff upper lip and all that and get through it, get through it, get through it. Oh, yeah, but then, you know, you're driving up and down the A1 and doing everything that you want to do. It's like, all oh, right, okay. Yeah, I think I see how this works. 
Yeah. It's, and I think I think part of part of my sort of decision to relax more came from the fact that I was just exhausted from thinking about mm. about the reality, right? About the reality. It's like, okay, well, what what do you mean by the reality of all this? It's like the reality that none of this makes sense. Yeah, absolutely none of this makes sense. It's not about health because if it was about health, we wouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Um, uh, and obviously, as human beings, if we don't have all the information, our imaginations just go and drive into the conspiracy theories. It's like, well, we can mock conspiracy theories because a load of them are just a load of rubbish. But what it shows is, is that brain is, is, is looking to try and understand why things are happening the way they are. Mm-hmm. And if we're coming up with more and more conspiracy theories, as I am, or hearing, it's because we're not getting the information. Yeah. So this is like an information revolution an information vacuum that's being filled by you know whatever you want to call it fake news or um, conspiracy theories you know crackpot ideas that that have enough truth about them or enough semblance of anti-establishment it's the ultimate puppet show yeah yeah and so when i hear stories like what we hear about people like stephanie it's nice because She's taking the responsibility. She's not waiting for a gun to go off. She's not waiting for the game to start. She's like, you know what? It's just happening now. It's a good thing to do. Yeah. And um, she's taking her own initiative. Yeah. And uh, right. more people start doing that, then we realize actually, if we're in control of it, if we've taken responsibility and we're moving it towards what we want to be doing, well, I've solved all my problems because I don't need to be dependent on the government anymore, which is just as well because their support system isn't good enough and it doesn't come in quick enough. So they're useless and they're incompetent in making good decisions anyway. What do we need them for? What do we need them for? I guess then it comes down to what do you replace them with in terms of making over overarching decisions about our place in the world, our trade with other countries, um, you know, how, how a lot of these centralised ideas or oh, hold on a minute, hold on, dealt with if they're if they're this useless and this incompetent about this. What makes you think that they're not this useless and this incompetent? I'm not saying they're not incompetent, but what do you replace them with? Because we need those mechanisms in place. We need mm. something. I don't think we get rid of this and, and don't have anything. That wouldn't be a solution, would it? So what... Yeah. If, well, in my mind, before you decide to get rid of one thing, figure out what the solution is going to be first. At least have a pretty good go at it and then a pretty good <laughs> model of what, what the solution might be. Um, you know, we've seen the incompetence of what happens if you um, if you try and replace the system and don't have that in mind. You know, look at what happened in Iraq. We took away a system which was far from perfect, that had nothing to replace it with. And look at the vacuum that that caused and the, the terrorism and the, the, the upheaval that has been produced in that region as a result that continues to this day. And... And okay, having a dictator and a system built around dictatorship isn't ideal in anybody's world, at least in our civilization. 
but in many ways it helped to control and stabilize that region it made it a very wealthy region as well for some people maybe well yeah yeah for who yeah but my, my point isn't that the, the, the billionaires the point is it's a it's a right bloody mess now because yeah. there wasn't a good solution figured out before they removed the status quo well i can't answer all the world's problems in you know one statement <laughs> <laughs> right here and right there like go but, but i'll tell you what would be useful right because there's so many facets in life where this is relevant right you remember what we we're talking about standing outside i was watching the tree batter the wind and blow these trees all around in directions they don't normally bend and so you're, you're you're paying attention to something and then it reminded me of something i was chatting about well a little while ago about what love is right so this is what is love it's an awkward question to answer if i was to ask you now what is love i'd ask you gareth what's love i have no idea it's kind of junky it's really f sort of fumble around in that that head trying to work out ideas and words for associated things it's like well you can never say really what love is because you love your wife right but you know she loves you but she would happily sacrifice you to save your child right yeah. so there, there's, there's love for your partner there's love for your child and the best answer i ever heard anybody come up with is like that love love is whatever you want it to be but it's, it's going to be based around the things that you think about right so it's not necessarily what you're doing but it's what you're thinking about that's what you're spending time on that's what you're spending yeah. time on. So yeah. that's love it's like a, a sort of extrapolation or another word for the time you spend thinking about something so look at where you're in so if you're choosing to spend time look at where your attention is going Pardon? yeah yeah if your attention is going into you know the the, the darker creepier seedier fear-based politics and media messages that you're getting every second of every day well yeah you're just draining you're just literally going down a plug hole that's going to draw you into despair and poor health. We talked about that years ago. If you now become more dependent on the system to look after you because yeah. you become weak and if you take responsibility, you don't need so much help. And then, or you can you know, look at the trees being blown around in the wind and notice the changes and the sounds it makes or the petals on a flower or the, the, the bird song. And you, know, you get through that initial boredom after you know, three or four minutes of doing it and thinking, I don't know what I'm doing this for. And so once you get through that, just stick, sit with it a little bit longer and all of a sudden you realise that that attention that you're paying to things, that is like, if you like, your version of love. That's what you, your thoughts and awareness are on. So that's what's shooting out of your face, right? Whatever you're looking at or concentrating or thinking about, that love's kind of pouring out between you and that thing. Which sounds really hippified, but it's a lot nicer than thinking, I'm going to die. Yeah, uh -huh. Death, you know, in a alleyway because hospitals can't take me in. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I would, I would, you know, if we're going to replace our system, right? Then we need to have that at the heart, right? That should be the internal kernel, that initial seed that everything else is 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 is, is developing from. And so, how how do you do that? How do you how do you do that? How do you implement that? Well, we came up with a system, didn't we, about a year or so ago, where if we were going to be employing people we could have a series of tests like you know aptitude tests i jokingly called it like the crystal maze you'd have various yeah. things that people could take leadership in when it was suitable for them to do so mm -hmm. and then you know 
so they're now the leader and, and ultimately what you want to do is pick people that become the leader in a moment get through it acknowledge it well done congratulate everybody and then they relinquish control as quickly as yeah. possible because you don't want people in charge who want the power. You want people who are prepared to step up and then say, right, okay, we go back to neutral yep. until an emergency arises whereby someone with some expertise or some experience can be, can be yep. pulled forward. That would, you know, maybe, maybe we could have a political system where we don't have one election every five years, like which basically between two parties, um, who, you know, for want of a, you know, they both have very different opinions, you know, on paper. But in reality, it's like, you know, turning an oil tanker, isn't it? You can't just change the way that a country works because you've won an election. You suddenly wake up and everything's different. You have time to make your implements. And some of the systems that you put forward, you can't put in place. And maybe some of these things take 15, 20, 50 years to take to, to take shape. And by then, you've lost the election. You've gone back the other way again. You know, it's like, that's no good for anyone. So maybe we could have a political system where we say, right, okay, well, this scenario's come up, right? So we've got this problem, right? We need... There's, there's, you know, there's potential to go drilling for gas here, right? Or, you know, real problems, high speed too. Mm-hmm. In fact, they, they, I dare say they wouldn't even be on the agenda because if we weren't operating under the old paradigm, if we we're doing things a new way, those things wouldn't be relevant. They wouldn't be on the agenda. But just to give you an idea, right? So a scenario arises, right? Who's the best person to take charge? Well, we could vote on that. Yeah. We can vote about that. You could, right, okay, so why is this well, it's important? It's about providing energy for people's homes. If this will affect you, you can do that. You know, you bung a few names in the hat, let people make their choices, and then they, they get us through that point. Yeah, I think it's um, the, the adversarial nature of our current system isn't fit for modern democracy. It's such a it doesn't help you know you might say it's debate and through that um consensus is reached or or a, a refinement of the arguments but that doesn't happen it's just uh, it's just adversarial something that's far more collaborative and collegiate i think is uh, is what's required these days but i like the idea of um you know with the technology that we've got it should be entirely possible for there to be almost referenda on everything yeah Every agenda, everything. You can even have a vote as to whether or not you should have a vote about it. Yeah. Uh, and some of the new ways of um, making that democratic and um, reflecting how strongly people think about different things uh, are quite clever, you know, statistically based. So every citizen could be given a certain number of votes in a year and they choose how they want to spend those votes. You know, so if, you, if there's a topic which you don't feel particularly strongly about, maybe you don't vote on that. But if there's a topic you feel very strongly about, maybe you put all your votes for that year into that. And through that, you can influence the direction of things according to your priorities. You know, that, that might come with problems as well, but uh, it might mean that a country just goes in all sorts of directions and bounces around like a bacteria under brownian motion which is <laughs> ideal you know we, we need to figure these things out and see what would happen in reality and maybe prototype it and maybe, you know one of these places that are looking for a new mayor perhaps we prototype it and um, yeah putting a mayor in we put in a, a citizen voting system and see what actually happens in, in a small scale and then scale it up that would be quite an ambitious project wouldn't it? um Oh, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's good.
intentionally running for mayor and um intentionally running for mayor and getting in there to see if you can implement a change yeah well that would be leadership wouldn't it as a, as a mayor you, you become elected and then as soon as you can get a system in place you step down Ta -da. Uh -huh. there we go if anyone was looking for any ideas about what they're going to do with their life there you go there you go i wonder if you get I wonder if you could combine being the mayor with the town crier as well. Maybe. I don't see why not. You could just walk around all day. Yeah. Ring bell, shouting out what's going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Having a chat with people. Be great. Very good. So there's well there's two ideas off the back. Yeah. I mean people that are way cleverer than us in terms of, you know, figuring out ways forward. I mean Okay, maybe the system that we've got in place is the best. Maybe the best system that we have. This is the best system. We don't live in that much fear. We don't have that much tyranny. We don't have that much terror. You know, even during lockdown, there's still plenty of things to be really grateful for that are really good. It's not like we're fending for our lives here. But life could be worse, couldn't it? It could be a lot worse, and for some people, it's going to be. Yeah. You know, it's not their lives sucks that much. It's just that the. Uh, and that's where the damage I feel will be done. You broke um, up there a bit, Paul. Say that again. You can say that, yeah, things could be a lot worse, um, but not everybody's going to be thinking. Well, that's the thing. If you, and that's another thing. You know, I, I sort of sat there thinking. You know, none of the stuff that I thought I could get done during this lockdown have I done. Right. No, I haven't developed my any of my musical skills, uh, anything, and. Um, no, it's been really, you know, it's, from that point of view, it's like really, really unproductive. Mm -hmm. you know, at the beginning, like, wow, this is really sloppy, Paul. You've got to pull your finger out and get some discipline. And I thought, nah, that's the old system, man. That sucks. <laughs> it totally sucks, right? It's full of all these rules and regulations that I don't agree with. I'm going to just roll with this new system. And, you know, when I'm ready to read a book, I'll, I'll read a book and I'll, you know, enjoy it and consume it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I thought that you don't don't fight too much with your emotional state. I think is the key because if you're on, if you've already got no vitality and now you're beating yourself up, um, you know, the worst thing you can do is, is waste even more energy trying to be something that you're not because you just you know make yourself even more unhappy in the process. So it's you know, just. It's a good point, isn't it? I think it's really important to push ourselves and, and to, to to aim for big big things. But at the same time, you've got to know when to push, I think, and when to bend. Yeah. For sure. Push. And so I'm, I'm, I'm convinced, my perspective, I, this feels, I have this sort of same sort of feeling I had as I was going through university, this lockdown. It's like loads of people, when they started university, they started off in that first year and they just hammered it. Yeah. And it was hard and it was intense and it took a lot out of them. And then so the second year they go up and they hammer it. And it's hard, it's even harder and intense from the second year. And then you start third year, which is now, well, now you've got your clinical work as well. So now it's all starting to crystallize, that's sort of taking that theory and becoming real and practical. Mm. And that's a big transition. It takes a lot of energy, a lot of adaptation. So by the time you get to the fourth year, you've kind of got the knowledge and you've got some skills, but you're knackered. 
And so, you know, you know, what is a challenge when you're knackered becomes like, you know, and overwhelming. And it kind of feels like that, you know, there's going to be some people there that, you know, won't have rested, they won't have drunk well, they won't have thought well, they won't have eaten well, they won't have exercised well, they're just absorbing the addictions, which I think is normal. You know, I, I'm not criticizing people who do that because they're just normal human beings. You're, you're a fine functioning human being. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with anesthetizing something if it gets you through the day, right? Um, but you, coming back into the control, you know, you, you, you're not going to be able to think well. You haven't yeah. been thinking well. If that's that's the case, right. Right? Yeah. So don't, don't try to be something that you're not. Just allow yourself to give yourself permission to rest. You know, try, try just, you know, working on your sleep. Just get your sleep under control because that, that whole chemical response to that thing, that life-giving thing is going to be the first change where you start to bring your chaos back into order. If yeah. you can't even get that back into order, you know, then you, you, what chances are you going to have about looking at your, you know, um, you know, your inner held beliefs, if you like, your self-limiting beliefs, you, you're going to come to terms of winning those battles. You know? Yeah. It's about titrating stress, isn't it, I think? You remember the, in chemistry at school when um, you had a, an acid in a in a, a long column and an alkali in the, in the uh, funnel at the bottom, or the other way around, whichever, uh, and a, an indicator fluid like phenolphthalein, uh, and you drop one drop of acid in and nothing had happened, then another drop, and then and then suddenly one more drop and it had just suddenly completely changed colour. Right. Yeah. As yeah. the pH changed. Yeah, and I, for me, it's like that. It's about titrating that stress. You know, if we've got all of that stress of being locked down in social isolation and uh, the fear of the situation that we've got right now, to pile more stress on that, in terms of, um, you know, pushing to achieve more or um, stressing yourself because you're not doing some of these things like learning a new language or learning a musical instrument. It just puts just that little bit, that final drop into it that just sours everything. Yeah, it takes it the wrong way. It sours everything. Yeah, that's right. One drop of acid too much. And uh, yeah. you've got to titrate that stress and just know where you're pointing, where the inflection point is. Yeah. And don't get too close to that inflection point. Know thyself. Maybe that's a scientific way of saying know thyself. Maybe. Determine your titration point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it's like true though, isn't it? If you've got just a few more drops and it pushes the whole pH over and it changes colour, it's like, well, you've got the, the things that you're adding into that test tube are your stress hormones, your adrenal hormones, your, uh, your immune responses, your inflammatory uh, you know, processes and you've got your endocrine hormone secretions yeah. into your bloodstream as well and you know you're, you're under control you control you, you don't control how it happens how these things get released but you can control your environment externally as well as internally it's controlling the inputs isn't it you can't do an awful lot about the way the body deals with it because you know the body's an incredibly precise instrument in many ways when it comes to dealing with the inputs yeah. that it gets but you can control the inputs and you can control your thinking about those inputs yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you can also choose, you know, if you want to become 
more chaotic or if you want to become more orderly. Mm. Being orderly might mean doing things that you don't necessarily choose or would like to do. Then again, you could use your virtual assistants, you could use your Stephanie for that. Um, if you're thinking clearly and you've got an objective goal that is, you know, worthwhile moving towards, then why wouldn't you help it can get you there quicker, especially if it's going to remunerate you faster. And so, you know, you can control your external and internal environment in a way that's helpful. Yeah. But we could choose to relax. So well, I am relaxing. It's like, we're, we're not relaxing. We're not, we sat down talking to each other. We're not relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean? It's like, well, like my thing for over the lockdown as well has been like my neck, especially at the top on the right hand side of my neck. I just find I'm holding loads and loads of tension on that point there. And I can feel it and I can feel how it affects all my mechanics. And I try releasing it and then I, I just can't get into that point at all. I need, I need help with that, right? So, um, but what amazes me is how if you choose to relax, and just concentrate on a part of your body, like a bit that you might feel tension or you might have a bit of pain in, and just sit there and watch it. You say, what do you mean? Like, you don't actually use your eyes to watch it. Just close your eyes, just tune into that part. And if anybody is listening right now, you, you can practice it. You can just imagine your left thumb. You know, what, what is your left thumb touching right now? And uh, is it hot? Is it cold? Oh, know, what does it take? What is it fingers touching right now? Yeah, like what does it actually take to make that move? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're you're now bringing that attention into your body. It's stopping you stressing. It's building your vitality, and it's amazing how much you can affect that part when you think about it for long enough and you concentrate on it. You can get it to relax. You can get it to relax. Um, Yeah. If you just attention to it if you if you think about paying attention to something is basically the same thing as saying that you love something then love yourself sit down and acknowledge these things in your body like it's a good age for me this to happen at lockdown i'll be 42 in a couple of months time and uh, you know my body's changing you know i'm starting to feel older when i get up out of chairs and starting to get up off the floor and you know what i mean it's like you're just a whipper Totally. Oh, I'm totally grateful for what I have at the minute, but it's changing. I'm aware of the changes and I'm appreciating the changes as well. It's good. It's a good thing. And, uh, it's, um, but having that time and the opportunity to sit down and literally look inwards, you know, well, try and work out what to do with my life, but to just actually look at yourself, feel your body. And yeah, the message for me today is, it's important what you pay attention to and whether that's paying attention to yourself and, and being inward looking about that, that's fine. Or paying attention to external things like the trees bending in the wind or yeah. uh, the birds or the flowers, whatever it is, just paying attention to things and yeah. um, really noticing things, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's beautiful, isn't it? And then, yeah. You know, because it doesn't matter what you're paying attention to. Then, if it's your work, well, it's only going to be good for your work. If you're paying yeah. attention to your to your partner, your husband, your wife, your children, it's only going to be pay more attention to things. It's only going to make things better. You don't have to do anything. You just have to pay attention to it. That's right. It's the definition of engagement, really, isn't it? If you're not distracted by all sorts of things and you just focus on one thing at a time and pay real attention to it, yeah, that is engagement. That's what it's all about. Hence the well engaged name. There you go. Yeah, very good.
time is marching on. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's now coming up for twenty past six. We're, we're recording this on a bank holiday Monday. We've got time for I think. I think so. We've got yeah. families to go and have dinner with and stuff like that. So good. Nice talking to you again, Paul. As always. Yeah, pleasure. And uh, I'll look forward to seeing you on a Wednesday chat one day. But if not, then um, next week. Sometime next week or not. <laughs> yeah, it might be. Sure. Yeah. Good. Well, I hope our listeners have enjoyed the conversation uh, today. And uh, if we've got any left. <laughs> <laughs> well, then why change the habit, you know? Yeah, just like we have. It's only you and me. Yeah. Nobody, I don't know anyone's ever stuck with anybody, do you see? <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Good. Thank you. Have a good week. All right, then. Thank Have a good week, everybody. Take care. Stay engaged. Stay engaged. Yeah. We need that strap line. What is it? Stay engaged. <laughs> control the conversation. <laughs> oh, wow. Look, yeah, there you go. There's a there's yeah. a job for Stephanie, isn't it? If she's good at doing all this Canva graphics and stuff like that, yeah. we need something yeah. brought up. Yeah. Stay engaged. Stay healthy. Save lives. <laughs> save your sanity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. We're going to have to come up with that for next week. That's a good project. Excellent. Good. Well, take care, everybody. Stay engaged. Stay safe. Um, get out get out in the sun, get out in the sun, breathe, get into cold water if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Get your immune system channeled up because at some point the kids gonna go back to school quite soon and yeah. uh, you're gonna be mixing all in again. So you've got to get your immune system, what's left of it. <coughs> Pardon me, get outside. Get outside and bend like a tree. Spot on. Good, good. Right. Take care. Bye bye. thanks for listening to the well engaged podcast hope you enjoyed the conversation today uh tune in again for another chat between myself and uh, my co-host paul tootleman same time next week bye-bye